Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bum Podcast, episode number 208. It is the original, the trifecta, the big three. It is your pals, Mario, Brian, and Steve. Steve, welcome back. Yeah, yeah. Hey, good to see you guys again. <laughs> so the funny thing about it is you were on for number 200, which was eight episodes ago, and the mood of the country of the planet of the podcast was very different than very different what it is now. Very. We were, things were more lighthearted, more jovial. We were just talking about actually going skiing in real life, not in our fantasies. And uh, now we're in our little weird quarantine world, but uh, it is very nice to have you back on. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Now yeah. we, uh, now we're growing beards and uh, we're saying things like the new normal. Yeah. I know. How many times have you said that this week? That's an accepted thing now. Everybody's like, well, the new normal, as we get back to the new normal. Yeah. Yeah. It's I don't just know, been... in Florida. It's back to whatever the fuck we want to do. Yeah. That's Florida, Florida is true America right now. That's right. We're just like, Eastern look, China. Look at us, everybody. Aren't you jealous? Bunch yeah. of jealous bitches. We're, <laughs> a, we're, in a, we're in a police state in Jersey. You kidding yeah. me? People Jersey. are getting citations for going on the beach. Family talk poor. I, I have consultants I talk to that are in India and you talk about lockdown. They're like, you can't even leave your house. One person from a family can go get food till 11 o'clock in the morning and then they got to get back and lock down. Damn. It's crazy. We are in crazy times, but you know what? This podcast, it was built for this. So That's we right. are just cranking away, yeah. ripping through more episodes. So thank you everybody for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out. Skibumpodcast.com. We are on all your favorite social media apps, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Ski Bump Podcast. We're also on the other ones. Follow us on your favorite podcasting app, Stitcher, iTunes. What's the other one? Spotify. Yes. Spotify. Yes. Follow us. Rate us if you could and leave a review. That would really help us get out there to more listeners. If you want to send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want stickers, hit us up either through Gmail or DM us on Instagram. Those are your best methods. Hope you guys are all safe. Hope you guys are getting ready to go skiing eventually soon because it might happen this year. Wink, wink, possible. Did we get our big ski uh, trips in for this year though? I know Steve, you got yours in, right? I got it in, yeah. Tell you right. And Telluride again. Oh, love Telluride. I did Italy. I did Ellicottville. I'm not Ellicottville, mad at that. That was a nice. You had good snow too, dude. I. It's one of those things you look back and you don't realize how amazing a time was until you enter this weird, bizarro world lockdown. When it's like, oh yeah, we would just go out and meet people and have drinks and make new friends and hug them and go another place and do the same thing. And now it's like no mask. Matt's mask and rubber gloves and sanitizer and six feet away. And yeah, what, you never, what you never know anyway. what your best trip of the season is going to be because you don't know when it's going to end. Right. So get to enjoy it. Every turn, everywhere yeah. you go, every moment on the snow should be cherished. That's what we've right. learned through all this nonsense. So, you know, gentlemen, let's kick it off the way we always do. It's time for our pray today. So Steve, uh, why don't you kick us off? Because it, you were doing a little bit of a little shake shaking before we hit the record button. Going. Well, I yeah. think you guys, you guys saw I was going to have a uh, hell or high watermelon, but then, um, <laughs> but then it, was, it was frozen. That, that's that's a big old ice cube right there. Hell has frozen over apparently. And there's there's really nothing good about a frozen beer that's 
half frozen, half not. So, uh, it's so like I had a slushy. Come on. <laughs> so I decided uh, to up the octane a little bit, and there's a story behind these oh. glorious, glorious olives. Well, before you get into that, let me tell you. You said you said you wanted to up the octane. You went from getting from driving a Prius to buying like a Challenger Hellcat. <laughs> like that's right. It's not even like a subtle upgrade. It's like yeah. a different two different planets you're on. Well, I was. Yeah, the frozen beer really got the big boy pants on this one. (laughs) (laughs) The frozen beer really frustrated me. I really wanted to have a hell of high watermelon. You know, it's a, it's kind of a, it's it's kind of a cool mellow beer. Yeah, it's it's a very nice beer, and they're very drinkable. You have like four or five of them, and still drive, sort of. Right. (laughs) In Florida. So yeah, that sour beer though. What, what no, 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 it's a wheat, uh, beer, right? It's a wheat, right? It's a wheat beer, and it has a little bit of a uh, little hint of uh, watermelon. It's it's actually phenomenal. It's a great. It's a summer beer. So I was. I, I feel like there should be more watermelon beers out there for the summer. Yeah, really. They have the shandy the ones, which are a little watermelon. too sweet. You know. Why don't you get a watermelon puree and mix your beer with it? Be like That's almost shandy. like a Berliner Weisse, then. Exactly. So like a watermelon Berlin device. This shit. Just start mixing your own thing. I got to write that down. Why is it that? One of Melanie's white claws today, and I was talking to Bodie about it. He's like, Yeah, he's like, you could just put, because I make this drink where it's like got the, it's got blackberry and it's got um, whatever, um, ginger beer. So he's like, Why can't you just get the, the black cherry white claw and put ginger beer in? I'm like, That's gold, kid. Thirteen year old giving you uh, alcohol drinking advice, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna call out the Bodie. <laughs> call out the Bodie. <laughs> if he ever makes that's it good. to the NHL, we're like, that's what we're gonna have at his draft. Just a ton of them, just get hammered. Nice, a ton of Bodies. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. All right, Steve, we've All been right, up so- to you fifteen times. <laughs> yeah. Let's hear the olive story. Oh, the olive story. Uh, well, you know, we're having everything delivered, and I thought to myself. I haven't had a martini in a long time. I'm like, well, if I'm going to have a martini, it has to be a proper martini, and it has to have some nice olives. So I already had a couple of drinks that night when I started thinking about having a martini. And I just, I wasn't going to have a martini unless I had the right olives. So I went on to Amazon. I went on to Peapod. I went to, there's no olives. Really? So is an olive drought? Dark so times. I found these olives <laughs> at this, <laughs> at this, at this very, very high-end <laughs> restaurant that was selling their olives. So I think I spent ah. $15 <laughs> on about eight olives. Wow. <laughs> Respect. Yeah, they, when I got the package in, it was like this big. Damn. But Damn. They're, uh, they're called filthy olives. Filthy. And they are filthy. Huh. I knew a filthy olive back in college. Ha, 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 ha. She married uh, this guy named Popeye, right? She's uh, dead now, uh, actually. <laughs> totally just kidding. That's it. So that's my drink. How about you guys? All right. <laughs> what do you got? Well, as I go into my lunchbox here, <laughs> I'm breaking out. I, I love your lunchbox cooler. It's almost like you're one of those guys in like the 30s building the Empire State Building, like sitting on I the, fucking, uh, I the iron girder. I got hard hat. Yes, that would be Put awesome. A goddamn hard hat on, but like I'm going to work, honey. <laughs> yeah, so Melanie was laughing at me before I started this. She's like, <laughs> she's like, that could be a problem. I'm like, yeah, I 
understand. I'm riding a, I'm riding the lightning right now. Someone uh, could call it a problem. Some could call it a solution. That's right. I call it a gift from God. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just going to have an old fashioned. Well, of course, I had my Peroni just now. And now I'm having a Guinness. Was there any sort of tie in to the coronavirus in Italy? Is that the reason you chose the Peroni? You know, they're nice. They go. It's it's a nice. While we were talking pre-podcast, it goes good because it's like a little bit on the light side. So it's kind of watery. Now, a little bit of country, a little bit of rock and roll. Exactly. And now I've got, I'm on my Guinness, which isn't like super heavy. 5.6. It's the How much? Stout. What's the Peroni ABV? Oh, there's only like four or something. It's... It's from Italy. Everything from Italy, everything from Europe is pretty light. Yeah, because they they don't mind having like six of them and like having a three hour dinner. Or we're all like, no, all it's right. still though, not bad though. Yeah, it's not bad. What is the Guinness? No, the Peroni's five point one. The Guinness, oh. it's the extra oh, stout five point six. Oh wow, extra stout. Okay. So right now we got you know Italy and and Ireland beating Ireland. each other. You're going alphabetically. Yeah, my stomach is gonna be. Sh- Later, oh boy, that's gonna be a war right there. That's a little <laughs> war. <laughs> it's like you, you know, you thought a soccer match was bad. This shit's gonna be bad. <laughs> this is like a preview of like World Cup 2022. God, God damn, in your cold riot at the World Cup is what it is. Yeah, uh, but now this Guinness extra stout. I like these once in a while. Uh, Guinness has what the extra stout and then the stout, right? The stout's yeah. the regular standard that you'd go to the bar if. Remember what that was like going to a bar and getting a drink yeah. many, many moons oh. ago? You mean they used to have these places with a table and you go and you actually sat and they served you? You could congregate and you didn't have to wear a mask. You mean you could sit next to somebody? You could sit you next to someone within six feet. Craziness. Get out. I know. Different times, right? Old. <laughs> a former era. <laughs> Ten years from now. That's what they're going to say. Seriously. <laughs> You're so old, you probably used to sit within six feet of somebody. You probably met your wife in a bar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, we're getting close to Demolition Man. To dance club too. Do you remember Demolition Man? That movie mm-hmm. really holds up if you watch it. All right. Every Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, everything's Taco Bell. The three shells are going to the bathroom. They don't have sex like physically. It's some sort of weird mind we don't device. Get into the three shells. You, know, you got the shells, and you're okay with the whole, and the kind of. Was giving the willies to Steve. Dude, bit. you watch that movie, and the whole point of it is society got so polite and uh, like disinfected. And then you got the Wesley Snipes character who's like raw and real, just th- throwing chaos into society. And that's kind of what we're in right now. Demolition Man is the best post apocalyptic movie that holds up in today's society. Post corona movie. Watch it. With Demolition Man. Yeah, watch it. I'm going to have to watch that again. Right, I want to be the Dennis Leary guy. Corona movie. What are you picking? We haven't gotten to Terminator yet. That's going to come eventually. But I'm thinking, I'm thinking Wolf of Wall Street might come back. Just saying. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> because there's going to be a lot of crazy shit that comes back after the economy starts back up, and it's going to get disgusting in like Wolf of Wall Street. I'm saying. Fight Club's holding up really well too, man. We talked about Fight it a Club few weeks ago. Yeah. Project Mayhem. There's some Project Mayhem stuff that's going to start going down if we keep if we keep being locked down in this quarantine nonsense. Hmm. Right, anyway, Guinness is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so I'm thinking now if I put it on top, so I put the, well, I did it opposite, right? For black and tan, it's usually the black on the bottom and the tan on the top. Mm-hmm. So I did the reverse black and tan in my stomach. So I did the Peroni and now the jazz on top. <laughs> right? So you could think of it that way. It's like the old book, which nobody ever, I, I guess us on the podcast will know, but where Daffy Duck, like he puts the gunpowder and like shakes it up in his stomach and then he lights the match and he blows up. That was his. I remember. I don't think I remember that either. No. Yeah. Don't do the, he's like, I can only do that trick once. Oh, all right. He's trying to outdo Bugs Bunny. Like it was, it was, it was a good one. It was a simpler time. Simpler so I time. think right now you're, the Guinness is actually going below the Peroni. I think so. And it's uh, swirling. It's burrowing. Yeah. If you will. Got the Guinness train. The train is going. <laughs> I think it's not silver bullet. Isn't that Coors Light? The train? No. No, Guinness, yeah. they call it the train when they, when you pour it and it has that, the cloud. That, is it a cascade? Isn't that what they call that? The cascade. Yeah. They call it the train too sometimes. Okay. And then it clarifies and you get that nice little foam on top. Well, back in the day when you used to go to bars, when that Damn, was a real thing. You can't thing. get it on tap now. Unless you, have your, sucks. unless you have your own tap. Oh, that sucks. Maybe yeah, that should be you on your whole Guinness keg. Yeah. How much How much do you care about the game? What's, what? well, you probably got buy a Guinness pony keg, right? I'm, I'm sure you could. I'm gonna love, love of the game. You back have one of, to watch a back little... in the day, girls would bring <laughs> felt pens to the bar. And they would write on the top of a Guinness. With a felt pen, you really? could write on the foam. Really? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Nice. Maybe you know, that. Maybe at that was time. People though. used to go out for St. Patrick's Day <laughs> many years back, and they used to actually go out and congregate together. And people used to be able to see, like you know, actual Guinness get poured. Yeah. St. Patrick's Day was gone this year. Nothing. Dude, Boston's even saying they're canceling all their summer events. Any sort of like Fourth of July parades, anything like that is canceled. That's Tom Brady left. You know yeah, we're gonna have right. them now in Tampa. God, Tampa's gonna have it all. <laughs> we're gonna. That's why we don't gonna... give a fuck down here. We're immune to it. We got the Brady effect right now. They're renaming it South Boston, and they're gonna say, "Hey, Southie, you guys suck. You're a bunch of pussies. Right. This is the real South Boston." Oh, that's right. Because they have a Soho down here, which is uh, they have a now it's Sobo, not Houston. So it's a Soho. So now they're going to have a, we're going to call it Southie because Tom Brady's here. We got to do well, Aren't they calling it Tampa Bay now? Oh, that's the gayest thing. I can't, I, I'm not on board. <laughs> Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. And he like patented. I'm like, wow, you guys really like it. I know people that really like it. I'm just like, I'm not on board with it. I, I bet that's probably 80% of the reason he went there is so that but, he could yeah. do some sort of name thing. Dude, he had, did have a great tweet though. It said, I can't believe Drew Brees never went with Drew Orleans. Oh that's, wow! That's ah, that could have worked. That uh, would have worked when he maybe was like, he's yeah. "Not a fool." Yeah, <laughs> he's also not See, paid. Is, I, he's also not as paid as Tom Brady. That's true. I think Tampa Tom would have worked, but you know, there's some idiot that like sells furniture that's like, "Hey, I'm Tampa Tom." You know what I mean? So yeah. that probably he, he couldn't get that because it was probably well known. Like, oh, that's the asshole that sells you know. Like furniture, like mattresses, used mattresses or something. Hey, if they that go Owen, horrible. If they go Owen six, it's going to be Tompon Bay. So you know, we can uh, at least look forward to that. There you go. Yeah. I just well, I'm, a, I'm interested to see like the Gasparilla is like that big parade, and that's in January, and I haven't been around for it. And then with Tom Brady, if they do make a good football season, it could be a big uh, Tampa Bay Bucks like 
error right there. Don't we already know how this is going to play out? Didn't this already happen with the Jets and Brett Favre? Mm. Oh, yeah. Over 40-year-old quarterback jumping into a team. Well, everyone let's... Bought, everyone bought shirts. He, everyone bought shirts. He's not anywhere yeah. near the caliber of Tom Brady. Yeah, how many Super Bowls did Brett Favre actually win? Yeah. Singular. Uh, Uno. I'm how many did Brett Favre saying. win? Like 19? But, you and know... I'm just saying, look at who Tampa got rid of. Jameis Winston, who's just... He was good enough to get you in the game and then throw a bunch of interceptions. I mean, yeah. I don't know. If, if he was as around. good at stealing crab legs as he was at throwing touchdown <laughs> passes, they'd be Super Bowl champions. That's right. Oh, speaking of which, he's in New Orleans now. He's with oh, Breeze. Oh, boy. He's going to ride that coattail to see if Breeze can get him a, uh, a Super Bowl finally. There you go. Yeah. We That's shall insane. see. Well, we do have a little NFL story coming up later. So, little teaser. Little teaser. For under the ropes. So I still have to go with my apre and I got this beer. This was so we all know Brian did Proheb April and I didn't drink the entire month of April, which was adorable and wonderful. And I thought I would feel so much better and would feel cleansed and like a new person. I felt like the same fat asshole I started the month out with. Boom. In your face, Brian. But that's how we learn. This is how we learn. Alcohol is like in your face, Brian. How you feel now? It's fun to experiment with your body. So that's what I did. It was an experiment and that's how it went. Wonderful. This beer was experimenting's good to to get to a certain point and you're like, then it's no bueno. Well, I it's very true. But I, that was my experiment for the month, and now we're back to normal. And this beer was sitting in my fridge, casually waiting, holding out. Because this uh, beer was beer, purchased. This it, was is it a malt liquor? This was the last beer I purchased before. Okay. When the when the world was still a normal place where one could just walk into a store and Hang out with other human so beings. So the logo of four is still intact. <laughs> the logo of four is still intact. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's almost its 10 year anniversary this summer. So Damn it. we got to break that out. I so think this summer, Steve, I don't out. know if you're aware you're pretty close to Brian. So maybe you can sneak over his house and kind of steal it. Um, <laughs> or be there with the phone to call nine one one when Brian drinks it. <laughs> so he has a four loco, the original four loco before it got banned. Remember then they had to change the formula. Oh, right, right, right. Original he formula. Those, he ran out. He was one of those that ran out and got like the Four loco before it was like changed. Incorrect, sir. I bought the Four loco <laughs> with you in Virginia and then yes. went to North Carolina for a week vacation, did not never, drink it, brought it there, brought it back home, lived with it for seven years in my refrigerator, never drank it, moved, and now it's been sitting in my other refrigerator for almost three years. Wow. Yes. Aging. Climate Aging. Control. <laughs> Aging. Yeah, what so there's a show that would make um, you do that? I'd see, winning the lottery, um, getting fired. I don't know. I, I, it's one of those things, I have it waiting, but I don't know what I'm waiting for. <laughs> Like so when I, I saw when something a show does on happen, TV, Brian, that I'll you know. call them up and they would probably want this. It's called uh, what is it? Eating history. Have you seen that? <laughs> Where they actually take we've talked old, about it. old shit and they eat it or drink it, and we have talked about it. But I think that for local might be for the show right there. Perhaps now I the thing is, I'd love to know. I wish someone had like a. Some sort of maybe there's history online of the all the different alcohol levels and pH balances that were in the original formula, and to see what ten years in an aluminum can have done to it. I they, think we should 
contact one of the top sommeliers to, to tell us <laughs> what happens to something when it ages, like a, a, a magical. It's like, yeah, this is grits and gravy. I'm a, a I'm a malt liquor sommelier. <laughs> so perhaps, perhaps that's something we could do over the summer <laughs> if we're still in quarantine and losing our minds. How about Snoop Dogg? Snoop Dogg can be the sommelier. Perhaps. Right? So this is beer was purchased in March, back when life was early March, when life was normal. This is a beer from the good folks at the Burlington Beer Company. It is called mm-hmm. Orbital Elevator. It is a double India pale ale. Now, again, I haven't had a, a beer like this in over a month with my little Pro of April. I was trying to bring it back slowly. This beer is just a classic Vermont IPA. It's just nice and hazy and hoppy and grapefruity, citrusy. I mean, the Burlington Beer Company, they make so many different beers, but all of them are just phenomenal. They are they are an unbelievable brewery. If anything happens to them in this quarantine, I will find everyone and I will hold them personally responsible <laughs> and enact revenge because that's how good these beers are. Nice. I had the beekeeper a few months ago, this orbital elevator. Um, what was the other one? Uh, it's complicated being a wizard. All their double IPAs are out of yeah, this that's world. Complicated being a wizard was, was a cool can. Really cool can. Of course, their I didn't beers, have any because you didn't send some down to me. So working on it. When I, if I can get back to goddamn Vermont and if the Burlington Beer Company is still making beers in the next few months, you're going to be a, going to be a watershed of beers. Yeah, what has happened to all these beer companies? Like, are they all shut down? Well, that yeah. leads into our story in the Apre today. If you want to uh, jump wait. into that. Wait, no, no, we can wait. So how is that beer? What does it taste like? It's just, it's hazy. It's this is not, a double. So it's a little, what is it like? Is it fruity flavor? Uh, it's or super no? fruity, super citrusy. Yeah. I mean, no bitterness at the end. Very Most smooth. The stuff I've had is a little on the fruity side. Oh, that? Yeah. I don't know if that's just part of the, the hopping process that, that makes it that way, but this is so delicious and drinkable, but it comes in at a whopping 8.3. So nice. And that's wow. why, that's why I have it in the lovely, uh, lovely frosty mug so that I can drink it slowly, but it'll stay cold and enjoyable. It's just a an excellent, excellent beer. And like I said, you know Burlington Beer Company. Stay cold and enjoyable is a fucking igloo cooler like this. God damn it. Um, I would walk around every I'm gonna walk around town with this thing. I love that thing. That's why I got that Yeti backpack. Because oh, it's the backpack, the backpack that holds your beer. It's the best thing ever. A Yeti backpack. I didn't I've even seen that thing. Do you do you have God a handy? Do. It's on the other side of the basement. God damn it. It's Steve, the, you got to see this. Thing. I will tell you, Steve. Magical. So I saw it for the first time. You can look it up online. I saw it for the first time at Other Half Brewery last, about a year ago. It was Memorial Day weekend last year. And I was laughing. I like, hey, look at this dipshit with this Yeti backpack. <laughs> and then I was like, actually, that is freaking genius. I bought one the next goddamn day because this was before 
Backcountry.com started suing everybody and was a bunch of douchebags. I, that day, I had somehow miraculously got like a 20% off coupon. So I immediately yeah. used it to buy the Yeti backpack cooler. And you got the 20% off the Yeti? Which Sometimes is ex- excludes. Yeah, no, it was included, which nice. it's ex- expensive as shit, but it is the greatest purchase pre-bidet that I've ever made. Pre-bidet. <laughs> pre-bidet, uh, it was the greatest. Let's so say which one did it was you get? Because the, there's a flip 24 and then... That's the one. There's a couple different colors now. Oh, yeah, there you go. Oh, I yeah. only had the light gray last year. That's the one I got. But <laughs> no, we, we bring it to the beach. It, that's why I get the 20% off coupon. <laughs> that's 20% off of 300. That's, that's nice. 60 bucks off. Ooh. I think Yeti should give us like free ones for like. Well, dude, look at what a Yeti. Just if, you, if you buy those Yeti hard coolers, they go up to like $1,300. You get one of those yeah, giant insane. ones. Yeah, that's crazy. But the thing is, again, we've used it. We use it almost every other day in the summertime. We go to the beach, we go shopping, we use it for everything. It's great. And again, put on your backpack, get on your bike, go to the beach. Has a perfect a Yeti lunchbox and doesn't know anything. They're like, I just always had a Yeti lunchbox. It's a big deal. Well, this is part of this whole lockdown, coronavirus, quarantine, how spoiled we are that we live in a society where we have name brand coolers and glasses. Like, listen, I used to think Yeti was the dumbest thing ever. What do I have now? I got a Yeti water bottle. We got Yeti friggin' ramblers that we sell. But you think Yeti is stupid until you try one. You're like, holy shit, this keeps everything hot or cold. Like it's fucking amazing. It really, there's stuff. I'm sure other brands work great too, but the Yeti stuff I, that I've used has been fantastic. I'll tell you what, the oh, crossroads back one. The crossroads 23 liter backpack looks pretty badass. Yeah, their stuff is really nice. Like it's really I good a, stuff. Um, and sometimes you know things that are a little more you expensive are better didn't you you get the backflip 24 the backflip 24 yeah they have the panga submersible backpack that looks pretty badass that's smaller i think it's a regular backpack that one yeah like the 24 it's made to hold yeah. 24 cans of beer well <laughs> oh yeah beer, beer. <laughs> six packs of beer soda yeah, it's it been told on the side, so you can put the uh, blender on the on the side of it, right? They have all kinds of like things you can hook onto the side of it, yeah, which is pretty it's like cool. A, it's like a uh, what do they call those? The um, it's like a sh- yeah. one of those Sherpa backpacks. Yeah, waterproof. They have that's interesting. Yeah, uh, tactical. You know the tactical backpack. Yes, exactly. Bullets and shit. They have like the ribbons like that, where like you could put stuff in it, hooks and whatever. Yeah, guns. Guns, of course, guns. Green things. Fishing well, rods. When you go deer hunting, you should definitely get um, one of these for your beers. <laughs> right? <I think> so. <laughs> for sure. I think we need we need a small one for the podcast, like while we're doing the podcast to keep our, our drinks. Well, this is definitely one of the companies I'm going to harass over the summer to see if they'll sponsor us because we talk enough about it. We are the perfect, we have the perfect audience for Yeti too. Yeah, we do. Uh, so I think we should yeah. be hitting them up and see if we can work on a partnership with them. Right now, they give us nothing. So don't think this is a goddamn commercial for the Y Company. That's what we're there calling them. There's a lot of boat-loving bastards down here that I know that have Yeti shit. And they're like, oh, yeah, they can't even afford the Yeti. They would have it. But I'm just saying. If Yeti That's wants, where those you know, stimulus checks are going. Some good pro- – yeah. You know how much stimulus like Yeti stuff would be floating around if uh, they would help out Ski Bum Podcast? Just Seriously, right? They'd be in in the black for this quarter. Unlike 
the folks at Anheuser-Busch InBev. Mm. So while we're still here oh. in wow, the upgrade wow, wow. today, lockdown drinkers lose their thirst for Budweiser and Stella. So Anheuser-Busch InBev warned that its biggest three beer brands, Budweiser, Stella, Artos, and Corona, are bearing the brunt of a collapse in sales caused by COVID-19. Revenue from those brands dropped 11% in the first quarter, about twice the rate of decline for the company's overall portfolio of more than 500 labels. Shipments plunged the most in China, where the effect of COVID-19 lockdown hit hardest because they started earlier than U.S. and Europe. Oh, wow. So I wonder how much of their China sales like really like big on their numbers. That's pretty crazy. They said China's lockdown were largely responsible for InBev's 9.3% decline in total first quarter shipments. And excluding that market, the decline was only 3.6%. That may bode badly for Europe and the US, which entered lockdowns later. So they're saying that while some craft breweries are seeing surging demand from drinkers looking to prop up local producers, catastrophic levels of unemployment in the U.S. in the longer term may eventually lead those consumers to switch to less gra- less glamorous labels such as Bud Light. Nice. Wow. <laughs> I think the fact that there's no sporting events going on, serving, Bingo. concessions, that's huge. That's got to hit them huge under, you know, below the belt. Yeah, it's all top beers. It's all tap beers that are just just getting crushed. Yeah, yeah. You know, stadium has like usually. Uh, I think Bud's almost at every big stadium. Like, and NFL, think about NHL. And what what is the profit margin on a beer in a sporting event? I mean, what's oh, like fifteen bucks for like a beer at Giant Stadium, oh, Life Stadium be, for a football it's be, game? It's got to be one hundred percent. Yeah, or like think about baseball games. I mean, you have games half of the summer, pretty much, right? You know, like a home team. Like if you do the averaging, it's almost three days a week. That's you know, all lost revenue for those beer companies. You know, it was cool before this whole fucking Corona thing, which I hate now. I can't even remember Keenan. that time. It's been so, it's been so long now. Yeah. That's one thing uh, I, I was thinking about too. Yeah. Sporting events definitely plays into this. I think too, like casinos are all shut down. Casinos yeah. had to be a lot of that kind of story. And also, also just Honestly, concerts. Honestly, when I was in a casino before this whole thing happened, I, I, that's where my germophobia kicked in. Touching fucking casino table chips, like sitting at a blackjack table for eight hours. Brian, you and I did it. Sitting there for eight, ten hours. Jack is black. Touching those chips. I was always careful not to touch my face because I'm like, I, I've seen some of these people that touch shit. And I'm like, I don't want any part of that. See, I'm glad I didn't go to the casino because I would lick the chips for good luck. So probably a good thing. Where are you keeping your chips? In my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> are you going to cash out? You just smile. It's like... <laughs> it's fucking all chips. It's like I heard they put acid God. on these friggin' chips, man. That's what they told me. God damn. Oh, I gotta go to the bathroom. I gotta get your chips out of my yeah. anus. <laughs> I, I gotta double down. Can you hold on for like a minute? I'll be right back. Wait, hold on. Okay, I got a chip out. Hold on. A second. Go. Double down. Double down. Mass to the team. God damn it. The jack is definitely black on that Oof. one. <laughs> more, more like brown. Brown jack. I thought we were playing black jack. <laughs> so this is interesting. So while while we're seeing these slumps in beer, which which makes perfect sense, like you guys are saying, because of the um, all the different venues that you're selling um, draft beer, wine sales are way up. Yeah. Hmm. So, well, I mean, people are drinking still, right? They're not stopping. People would more readily stock up on wine and hard liquor, though. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. 
Longer like shelf if you go life. Into a bunker situation, you're stocking up. I'm not stocking up on like cans of individual drinks. I'm stocking up on hard liquor. I went right out to Costco and I bought. <laughs> I gotta say, Melanie and I we tag teamed on on hitting Costco, and we got like just for the two of us two enormous bottles of gin and two enormous bottles of vodka, along with a bunch of white claws. Because I was like, all right, we could stock up on that now that we have our gin and our vodka. Well, like you said, like the hard liquor and the wine, that stuff doesn't need to be refrigerated. It can be right. kind of yeah. just thrown in the corner for a while. Just it only gets better, really. So yeah, so that wraps up the old apre today. Unfortunately, the gondola is back under quarantine again. We you know, we were able to get in last week. Closed. I don't know what happened. Frank did send us a bunch of stuff, but yeah, I didn't wear my mask last week. I may have coughed all over it. So it's back yeah. under quarantine. So that how means, do share, how do you share a joint these days? Like you couldn't, how do you just like, are you, they're coughing, you know, they're going to cough. They took you, have to, hit. you have to throw it. No, you just got to bogart the whole thing. I think you got to make like a nice bonfire with bricks of, of marijuana. Are they you selling get, like, like mini rolling papers, like half? length no you get them like you know the um the fake logs the yule log you need like a marijuana yule log and just throw that on there and everybody hang hang out and just that that's actually a really good idea if you get like the um the tincture oil and you soak those bricks in that tincture oil and you just light that thing up in your fireplace probably get barbecued right Like hash oil? Just dip those uh, those bricks in hash oil. <laughs> oh fuck yeah! You bang up the whole neighborhood. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. You have like a uh, like a block party, and you just have like you know the uh, what's those um, the fire pits? You have everybody has a fire pit with those things in there burning, and uh, the entire place would just be like barbecued. Dude, you will you will get your whole neighborhood high if you did that. <laughs> that'd be nice. Get big my, fans and imagine like, your pets. I feel like a St. Bernard just like cruising around, like just licking people's faces. Like falling asleep in the street. That'd be all right. I think that's exactly what we need right now. I think, I think that's what, and by smoking. we, I think you mean mankind. Right. I First think entire neighborhoods to be high all at the same time. And why haven't they legalized marijuana everywhere by now? Right. I mean, this is a very, very, very dark thought. It does not reflect my co-hosts here, but why aren't they soaking at the crematoriums the dead in like hash oil? Because they have to cremate, cremate them anyway. Why don't they just pass a little bit of love onto the rest of the neighborhood? You'd see a lot more people go to these crematoriums and, and honor the Right? Just saying. I mean, yeah. Right? If you think about it, it's just we have to explore all angles and possibilities in this time. If my last will and testament said I need to be packed solid with marijuana and burned in public, I would have so many people at my funeral. <laughs> Every orifice filled Dude, with some right. high grade. I don't know this motherfucker, but I want to hang out for the smoke. <laughs> Every orifice filled with the highest like, I don't grade. Fuck who he is. I just want to get high. highest THC indica bud you have. Just soak you in hemp and just right. burn burn you. This could be the new Burning Man. Listen, that that short beats Darth Vader being burned. <laughs> See, Burning Mario, right. Burning Mario, Burning oh, Mario, nice. it's the new Burning, Burning Man. Yeah, when I die, that'd be great. That would be a that would be a a tribute to remember. If you want to take a break and call your lawyer, 
to have him like uh to change your will to that we can take a quick break oh no i'm gonna use this get him on the like, horn this audio like this is gonna be my will and testament like and here's a cut from podcast Legally number binding contract right <laughs> number here. 208 here's my testament right here <laughs> like my body stuffed with marijuana out of every orifice and burned in the public that's it that's right there you go all right public park there's our Frisbee. meme for this week again all <laughs> entire neighborhoods high that's all right exactly in these trying times oh. that's what we need <laughs> burn me in a hearse and drive me around the city i'm thinking like you be in the center of town right and everyone comes <laughs> Yeah, make it be centralized. It's like yeah. a weed pinata, but burning. <laughs> it's like not like disrespectful. It's not disrespectful. I'm talking about my last will and testament. This is what he wanted. He would have wanted it this way. <laughs> Officer, please step aside. He said pinata. I need to hit him with a stick. And he said only, he said aluminum bats only. <laughs> well, on that note. Let's go to Ski News. So I'm not sure if we've talked about this. There's been so many twists and turns and flips and flops on the different passes, Altera with the Icon Pass and Vale with the Epic Pass. But I just got an email today from the good folks at Hunter Mountain, which is one of the East Coast mountains that was on the Epic Pass. And we talked about the insurance policy that they uh, implemented or announced a few weeks ago. I'm not sure if this was part of that or this is something different because they now have a a thing called turn in your ticket. So if you bought a ticket at any of the resorts in North America that were part of the Epic Pass, you can take that single day cost of that lift ticket and apply it to up to 150 bucks to next year's 2020-2021 season pass. So it's basically up to 2 days, right? That sounds right. great. Yeah. I mean, if you were going to buy a pass already and you just had a receipt for, hey, you know, I spent 55, 80 bucks, whatever it was uh, to go skiing at one of those resorts, didn't have a pass. Sure. Maybe I'll buy the pass now because, again, it's like getting a free day of skiing if you were going to buy that pass anyway. I know some but folks towards your season pass at Hunter or season pass for Epic. Well, they have that East Coast Epic Pass now. So that's the one that yeah. I think they were implying that I could get. But I think it applies to any of them. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so if you paid for a lift ticket at any time during the 2019-2020 season, you'll receive a personalized email in late May 2020 containing the exact credit amount you'll receive up to 150 bucks and your personal promo code that can be applied toward the cost of a 2020-2021 season pass. Wow. So you have through September 7th to apply that. I think it's good PR and I think it's interesting. And it certainly gets people thinking about you know, next year's pass, but execution is going to be interesting. I, I mean, where, I mean, I, I don't have a receipt for any, I, I bought a few day passes to Killington and a couple of places this year, uh, tell you right. A few other places. I don't know where those receipts are now. I mean, can I give a credit card receipt? Uh, you know, can I give the actual pass? Well, don't they usually ask for an email address? Well, it depends. Did you buy it at the window or did you actually buy it ahead of time using an email address? I think they're just yeah. using like the ones if you purchased it through an app and sure. you tied it to your email address, they're going to use that as your proof of purchase. Yeah. If I, if I used, uh, if I bought it in advance, which I probably would have, 
I wouldn't have bought it from the resort. It would have been from another party. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess it's a, uh, I guess it's doable. It yeah, it's pretty good. The execution interesting to see. Cause yeah, I think it's because I think, they're going to take your 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 proof. They're going to associate it with your email, and then you're just going to wait and and wait for that mail to come. And what if it doesn't come? What if they don't execute on it? I think they like, just give everyone a call. <laughs> <laughs> I think they say if you call now, right within the next two weeks, you get a hundred dollars off. Boom! There you go. All done. All Dude, done. I think I think they are just tr- like carpet bombing ideas right. out there right now, just trying to get any sort of positive press they can, giving people anything to hopefully get them to re up their passes. Because I think because of the way the season ended, people are pretty pissed and are just already. Again, well, we're, we're still we're still in early May. Well, yeah, it's definitely the way they handled it, but also it's early May and people are like, "Fuck them! I'm not buying a pass." But as we get closer, which is why they said September, they're la- they're having this go up to once. Hopefully, we get back to normal this summer. Resorts are like, "Hey, we're going to reopen. Everything should be cool. We're taking a couple of you steps tell, here." You just—that's typically, you know, northeast. You just tell me what you got. I'll say, it. just wait for the email. You'll get it. You'll get a fucking email. Just hang out there. Hundred fifty bucks. Don't worry about it. Forget yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, let's see if it happens. Did any resorts give anything back? No, they're so all no. giving they're all giving discounts on next year's passes. If you have one already. If you had one already, they're okay. offering you a discount. And this one is well, you purchased uh, you know up to one or two days of just single day lift tickets. We'll give you that back if you purchase a pass next year. Now they're probably actually um given the same discount to people and that don't have it. They probably looked at it and said, okay, well, we're actually giving uh, $150 to anyone that already had a pass this year. Let's see if we can get some new users. Well, that's so sort of what the they're tracking doing. and all the effort involved in like redeeming this. I think Steve's idea is better. If you just call within the next two weeks, we'll just send you $100, $100 off, close the fucking books on it. Nobody has to do a goddamn thing except take a name and a number. Okay, you're done. Well, I think what they're doing now is they're just they're they probably have some sort of numbers they're trying to reach. Like, okay, we're trying to get a hundred thousand sales by this date, two hundred by this date, and if they're not hitting those numbers, they're just throwing any sort of incentives out there to see if they can get to those numbers. Because again, the way it ended, the communication, like it was, yeah. it was horribly you know handled what? by all of them. Learned right. Oh, yeah. How about this? How about this? Everybody that went skiing this year, send a picture. Right, send a picture, and we'll give you a hundred dollars off. You know, you know, if you went to Killington, hey, send me a picture. And we all took. I mean, every time we go, we always take some kind of picture, mm-hmm. and they could actually do that and make it more fun. That's yeah. a really make good idea. Yeah, socially Cause, interactive because the fun yeah. has been completely removed, and right, exactly. are pissed off now. Remember, remember the last time you went skiing at Killington this year, and you know what? Send us a picture of that day, and we'll give you up to a hundred dollars off. We'll give you a hundred dollars off. Yeah, yeah. Now, now really you're a good idea. Memory of of the uh, of the event. Um, you don't have to worry about trying to find your receipt or anything like that. And it's all about fun. And they're willing to give the discount anyway. Yeah, you know their actuaries did the numbers. They figured out oh, how many people might actually do this. They're, you know, so um, plus they want to next year. 
The problem is maybe they should look at hiring people that know how to run stuff like this to run those to be in that position because I don't think they've handled this well at all from start to finish. No. Well, like you said, Steve, their KPI is sort of passes sold. You know, it's not profit per pass. It's numbers sold is what they're going on because they're also expecting you too to spend a ton of money on sweatshirts and food and booze when you're there. But the problem is they haven't built a program to be engaging, right? They built a program based on numbers where you give us your money, we'll give you a good discount across, but it's not something that's personal, right? So now, Steve, you're recommending something that's great and personal and and social where like you can involve your friends. Hey, remember that pic that, you know, Tommy went to, to um, Stowe or whatever, who's part of the, is Stowe party epic? Stowe is part of the epic, yes. Stowe is part of it. Remember the time we went to Stowe? Hey, we're all in the picture. We could use the same picture and boom, send it in. We get credit, you know? They can make make it something like that where actuaries, like you said, it's different. Think about what they're actually asking for. It's a pretty big switch from going to the, the person that buys an individual lift ticket to buying a season pass, right? Otherwise, you would buy a season pass. You would already have a season pass. Yeah, the problem that they have right now is the people that bought the season pass last year feel like they got jammed in the ass. And what do they have for it? You're going to give a discount to everybody? Well, they pretty much are. They've already said that season pass holders are getting a certain percentage off if they buy it for next year. And they also get that weird new insurance, which protects against viruses and terrorism. And uh, there was something else, too, that they added in there. So you could like delay your whole task for next year. But but think think about this. All right. So that's a net delay loss. your pass for next year. Like think about that. Yeah. These are sick these are season ticket holders. Um and typically season ticket holders might buy, you know, they buy they might buy it every year. But yeah, so you're you're taking all these people that already bought and you're you're discounting next year's pass. That's a net loss. That's not a gain, that's a loss. Mm-hmm. So then they think about it and they're like, well, let's see if we could attract new users. Maybe we should come up with this plan that, hey, if you skied at all, uh, show us your pass and we'll give you up to $150 off. I, you know, That is to try to gain revenue that's been lost on all the discounts that they've been given. Yeah, right. But that's also assuming the people that were season pass buyers were happy in the first place with the season pass they had. Because we saw a whole bunch of crazy lift lines again, like for the second year in a row at some of these resorts, where I'm sure the season pass Epic holders were like, I don't know if this is a good deal. So now I think everybody's thinking about why do I get an Epic pass versus getting a local, a local season pass, right? Well, the thing is too, like all, and like you said, Steve, like all these, this entire model, this whole Epic pass icon pass spending a thousand bucks this is all predicated on the economy doing well yeah i don't know how these passes are going to succeed if this if the economy does not get back to the strength it was over the last couple years i just i mean i I really don't know how that could happen the economy what are they estimating out the economy will get back less what 30 40 percent right so if you look at your own business less 40 percent that's a huge hit right Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's a, you know it's a it's a high end sport. 
It's a high end sport too, but it's a, I think a lot of people who buy these passes too are the ones, you know, a lot of car salesmen, a lot of realtors, those people who who make a lot of money off commissions, who probably just automatically buy these things, but now have to take a step back and go, you know what? That's a thousand bucks that I'm not I'm not sure about right now. Yeah, you know, there's definitely a high end market which will definitely buy it guaranteed no matter what. But there's a big chunk of people who don't fall into that category. We talked about this a few weeks ago where skiing growing up, you know, not from an affluent, you know, family upbringing, skiing wasn't even in the realm of like, hey, this is a vacation thing. Like we didn't take vacations. Right. And then when I got into college, I was like, well, you know, there was a deal off to do the school. Otherwise, I still wouldn't have gone. It was cost prohibitive. Right. Just because of the socioeconomic, you know, state of things. It wasn't really as available. And I almost wonder if we're going to go back to that where it's going to be out of price range or out of out of the realm of most people doing it because they're they have to work more or they're not earning as much or you know and these resorts i can't see with social distancing if you're going to cut down the number of people at your resort um you know you're going to have to raise the prices so is it going to be where the prices raise and it's it's less less available to more to as many people you know it could be the country clubs going forward. The country club. We talked hey. about the reservations that, that some resorts are considering. If this doesn't write itself, there may have to be like almost like tea times. It's like, oh, I'm doing this lift at 105. And I get to go to this lift at two o'clock. Like that's a possibility. I mean, and I hope we don't get to that country point. Country club life almost, right? And you're going to have to pay country club prices. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's actually it's really interesting. I actually think that if they want to be if they want to increase revenue, they should almost be far more aggressive because we don't know what's going to happen next year. Well, look at what happened to golf golf in the last few years, right? While while skiing was on the rise, golf was on the decline, right? It's all Tiger Woods' fault for sucking, right? You know, you think about that. Like, what happened with golf? Right? Is it is the same thing kind of happening with skiing? you know, now that the economy's changed, right? I'm, I'm just saying it's a scale of economy maybe, or, or I don't know. I think it happened for different reasons to golf, but. Well, I think that golf lost popularity, TV popularity. I don't know that the resorts uh, had that much of a decline. I mean, the sport has definitely lost popularity. But if there's enough decline in popularity. I think. I think part of that is societal too, because we all have such ADD now and phones. This true. Yeah. It's scary. I mean, it's a scary proposition because you're looking at an economy that might not be as robust people that don't have as much disposable income. Uh, I could see inflation going out everywhere. I mean, how are you going to run a restaurant at your same prices when you can have with social distancing at most, maybe 70% of the people back in your restaurant. Right. I mean, 70, 50%, <laughs> right? You're going to have to raise prices at some point because you can't, you can't keep going. So if people want to go out, they're going to have to pay a lot more. So I think it's going to hit all those areas. Plus it's going to hit, you know, going skiing is going to be more expensive, you know? Yeah, for sure. There's just way too many variables at this point to, to really even to have any clue as to what's going to happen. But, you know, it's kind of good to, to talk through the possibilities because that way you, we can kind of think ahead and prepare ourselves no matter what's going to happen. Yeah. You wonder how these ski passes are going to sustain themselves. Like in, 
I almost think it's going to be wild west. People are going to be like, I don't want to be part of this pass. I'm going to charge what I charge and get who I, who I get because I have a resort that people, affluent people that have money want to pay to come here. That's what I want to be. I don't want to be part of some collective pass or, you know, if they have a choice right now, a lot of resorts are owned by Vail, so they don't really have a choice, but so that might actually hold, be the glue to hold things together. I don't know. Yeah. You know, it, it was really interesting how, uh, you know, in the East Coast here, how Killington closed because Vermont had very little cases and they clearly closed because a lot of people would have flocked up there. Pressure. Yeah. All the New York, New Jersey people. Yeah. I would have been there. I would have lived there. I, would, I know I would have been there. I was going to go with Justin and just move in. Yeah. <laughs> because me both, brother. <laughs> because we would have been on the mountain. We would have easily been six feet from each other, except for on the, the chairlift. I mean that that is a that is an issue. But you're off the hot tub with the bar. Boom. Well, you know you don't. Boom. We're all Corona. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was uh, it was interesting that they closed down when they did because uh, they. They would have been flooded. <laughs> and if you look at their webcams now, Superstar actually looks to be in really nice shape. Sure. And we're getting snow there tonight. I'm sure it is. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we're just sitting in our basements like a bunch of assholes. Bunch of assholes. Yeah. Hanging out. No skiing going on. Yep. Damn it. Surprised they didn't open to the locals. Eh, you know that. Yeah, that but then go. who do you classify as a local? New York and New Jersey would come up and ruin right. that. Then I'm a you local. Own property up there? Are you local? Well, if you're a property owner, so actually, so um, so there's a bunch of beaches in Jersey that wanted to do that. They're like, all right, well, look, we we want to open to uh, residents, residents, residents of Belmar, residents of Point Pleasant, and this has been done, by the way, in other beaches uh, across the country. But there's a law that went into effect in 1950 in New Jersey. Thanks, 50s. <laughs> that does Back not. When black people couldn't vote, right? <laughs> right. That Wait, brilliant no. era in the and, 50s. And women barely got the opportunity to vote, right? Yeah. Yep. That smart, intelligent era in the 50s. Way to, where all the great decisions were made. <laughs> that was. Yeah. Isn't that when they invented asbestos? <laughs> <laughs> Thalidomide wasn't that a big thing then? Babies with like asbestos, one arm. Savior to all of our cold and 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 heating problems. That was when formula was better than breast milk. Yeah, <laughs> four out of five doctors recommend Lucky Strikes. Are you painting that that fence with lead paint, Jimmy? I sure am. <laughs> sure tastes good, doesn't it? Oh, and one coat. Yeah. I think smoking was supposed to be good for your pregnancy at that point. Too. Oh, yeah. It sounds oh, straight. So, yes, the law in 1950, the genius era, <laughs> the good old days, as they I say. I just blasted the 1950s. Okay, let's move on. So Bunker era. That's why there's nobody at Killington that lives there that could ski. Because <laughs> they had a forethought in the 1950s to make it. We have to remember that politicians, they all work for us. They are... That is their job. They report to us, but somehow they, they have like a goddamn God complex. And, you know, yeah. how are there any doctors like that man. are politicians? There's like two of them. Most of them are just a bunch of fucking jerk off lawyers who just want more power and more control. And somehow we give them this ability well, to control our lives this way. Now, which is- well, next story. So talking about the summer, Big Sky 
is the first major resort to actually announce a summer opening plan. So at least there's some sort of positivity out there right now. Big Sky, home base for mountain travelers in search of adventure and exhilaration, scenic views, wellness, and relaxation, guided hikes, and more. That's their little marketing pitch there. They're saying that they are going to open their golf course May 22nd, and will also have biking, scenic lift access, and other activities on June 26th. All products and passes will be available to purchase May 12th. That's awesome. Like grass game yeah, or something. That'd be kind of cool. Dude, they might even have snow out there in yeah. end of May, the way things are looking. Grass skiing or the or the wheeled, you know. Uh, roller ski. skis. Yeah. Roller ski thing. Yeah, they're saying they are going to obviously comply with you know local social distancing and health guidelines. But uh, they're offering tickets. They will be available. You have to fill out the proper waivers. They want you to wear a mask. But wow. at least they're saying that the resort is going to be open and they're going to have some options for people being able to do, you know, golfing, biking, hiking. Well, golf is a big deal. Like down in Florida, they didn't ever close golf. Golf has not been closed. I've gone, I went last weekend again. I shot horrible last weekend. It was terrible. <laughs> but um, no, I went. And, and some of my friends, they've been they've been going all the time. Yeah, I mean, golf's one of those things. You're really not that, you know, besides if you're in a cart, but I'm sure they're making you, you know, even do a pull cart or... Even if you're two other people, you're social distancing from the two of them and you're in two carts. So it's like you're with another person and that's it. It's know? actually better if you and your foursome all suck because then you'll be nowhere near each other the whole time. Yeah. That's kind of how we were last week. You're bouncing it off houses. You're way over there. This guy's slicing. You're, uh, what's, gonna, you're, I'm what's not going to say anything, but I believe, I think I mentioned last time I hit a house. Allegedly, perhaps. Allegedly. Allegedly. <clears throat> what's the opposite of I think slice? It's a yard. Hook. A hook. There you go. One guy's slicing. Hooking. One guy's hooking. hooking. on the course. Someone's hitting it straight. Other person's hitting it two feet. Not even reaching yeah. the ladies' tee. So, you know what? You got everybody all over the place. So, that's what happens. Social distancing by nature. Yeah. Now it happens. Yeah. But yeah, it's good that they're going to open up. I mean, you know, what we, everybody forgets is like, you know, you're like, oh, that's great. You know, I'm glad I'll be able to golf. Right. But, you know, somebody else is thinking, oh, I'm glad I'm going to be able to go to work. Like, and that's the sad part. Like, there's so many people that make that little golf trip or that little outing or or the restaurant visit or something like you know nice to be able to go and do. But like, we forget about that. That there's a whole team of people that are employed because we have these things open. So while they might seem trivial, like, hey, oh, we're going to open golf. Well, yeah, there's a lot of people that actually make money off of you know working at these places. So. Yeah, groundskeepers, the cart girl, the people at the driving range, the guy who drives the cart that collects the balls in the driving range. The ball guy. Think about that guy. Yeah. And his family. All food service. People. Yeah. That's right. Guy in the pro shop. And those pro shop guy. Like high turnover jobs, a lot of them, especially yeah, the, the ranger. Balls. You know, yeah. like they've been there for like thirty years. The guy that's in he can't the car do anything at else. The driving range that everybody aims for. That's a high turnover job. <laughs> yeah, right. But the guy, the ranger, the starter guy, that guy's been there for 30 years. He has no other skills. Yeah. None. The bar cart girl? Yeah. Or guy? Well, she's got a lot of skills. 
That's, that's transferable. That's how she earns her tips. But you got to know how to play. I wanted a social distance. So you know what I pack? I pack a bigger cooler than this one that I have for the podcast. There you go. And that goes on the cart with me. And that's, you know. Mario is a man of many coolers. As I'm golfing with my lady, which is nice to golf with a lady. She has her white claws on one side and I got my beers on the other. Look at that. A synergy right there. Magical synergy. Speaking of synergy. We're going to talk about Mitt Romney's. Former Utah home is back on the market in Deer Valley. Yes. Um, this seemed okay, but uh, yeah, I think I was looking for something larger, I think. I mean, I don't know how I would get by with only a six-bedroom, nine-bathroom house overlooking Deer Valley. And you know what? Like, yeah. Deer Valley is not bad to look at, right? I mean, there's worse places to look at. But, you know... The images are stunning. It really is quite impressive, the place. The thing is, I mean, I wonder how much time did he actually spend there? That's what drives me so crazy. I know we've been, you know, we've been to different resorts. I mean, I was bitching about this in March at Okemo. There's all these beautiful houses on the mountain. And it looks like they're, most of them are empty. Most of the time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's in fear as a skier or a snowboarder who would kill to have a place like this, to see all these places empty. It just, you just want to like, just, just chuck rocks through the windows. I, it's just gorgeous. You wonder like, did he ever use it? Like, and I want to know like, why is it back on the mark? Cause it, it's like sprawling, right? Yeah. This place is fucking. Dude, that deck, that deck is out of this world. There's like oh. two, there's like the deck and then there's like the below deck where it has the hot tub, like built into the, God, the, uh, the, nice. the pavers. Yep. I mean, it's cement or rock or whatever it is there. You know, like a fire pit at the pool. I will say to, to add to that, the same thing's happening at, um, the shore towns where the, you know, the billionaires are buying out the millionaires or the people that have a decent amount of money. Uh, there are, there are so many houses on the beach that are used two, three, three weeks out of the year. And the thing is, there's a real economical impact to that because years ago when people would make enough money to buy that second home down the shore, it really meant something to them and they would spend all summer down there. And when they're spending all summer down there with their kids, they're going to the restaurants, they're going to the stores, they're, they're buying different things. Now you have all these houses that are only used two weeks out of the year. That's crazy. All the local businesses, there's more money down there, but the local businesses are actually going all out of business. Right. There's, yeah. There's nothing to support. There's people there's just no one once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like you said too, there was people who'd go in there for the whole summer and you know, you could actually afford to have a second house down there. It would be right. economically possible having a regular job. You know, I know uh, a, a coworker of mine, he's a little bit older, but his, he's like, Oh, my dad bought a place in Point Pleasant for, you know, $80,000 in the seventies. And, you know, it's still, it was good money back then, but now it's like pennies and, you know, they bought the house. Now all those places are being knocked down, turned into way more expensive, bigger properties. But again, the, the average person, 
they're lucky if they can rent it for a week and maybe have two or three other families join them because it has gotten so lucrative and so expensive to be that close to the water. Right. So think about that. That house and the other houses, they're only used a couple times a year. So then there's actually less people at the restaurants. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So the and atmosphere that you yeah. you fell in love with is gone. Right. So, you know, if you, it, we talked about this a little bit about, you know, before the podcast, but like, you know, it's about appreciating and supporting the local people that are in your area that you, you kind of some people take for granted. And you, know, you look at that and so what are you what are you going to do? So all these billionaires buy out this whole area. So if they come down for three weeks, are they going to have to bring their own people to work the ice cream shop that they had to buy or the movie theater that they want to have a nice stroll and, and see a movie? Like, you know, is it like a fake town that just fills up when these billionaires are in town for the three weeks? Like, it's, it's just weird, right? Yeah, like you said, it changes the whole vibe and feeling of the town. That yeah, you may have fell, fell in love with it at a certain point in time, but it is not the same place now. And killed the town with all this craziness now too. It's going to be even a bigger change, and you're going to see a lot of places that maybe oh, that pizza place that I loved is now out of business. It's like that's just what happened, you know. Like that's it happens. Unfortunately, casualties of this this pandemic going on now. That being said, though. Uh, vacations that are drivable are going to go way up. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. And I think the, uh, the Winnebago van market's probably skyrocketing too. Now people just want to, yeah, Yeah, it's interesting to get their decked out van. Mm -hmm. The RV market is one of the uh, leading indicators of uh, going into a recession. Really? Yes. It's one of the leading indicators. Oh, no kidding. Last year they saw a little bit of a dip. Now it's something that analysts were looking at and saying, okay, this could be, this could be the sign. Um, this throws everything off. Oh, this yeah. throws everything off because that market could actually go up and we might be still going towards a recession. So you're saying that if sales are up in RVs, it's, it means the economy is doing well? Uh, yeah, definitely. Just like any other luxury okay. item, right? Okay. Uh, but... When the economy is going towards a recession, RV sales are hit first. They're one of the first markets. Interesting. Yeah. See, I would have thought yeah. the other way around. I would have thought that if RV sales are up, that means people aren't flying places. They're actually getting an RV so they can just go drive around. Which, yeah, but that's a choice. People talking out my logic think, makes think, zero sense. Yeah. You're talking about people <laughs> don't have the extra income to buy that already. I apparently just come from a very fancy point of view. It's like, well, I can't fly private, so I'm just going to buy a $200,000 decked out Sprinter van. Now now you might have the means, but now you're going to choose to go to Winnebago because you know it's sterilized. Uh, You go into a hotel room, you're hoping it's sterilized, you're hoping, but you're in that Winnebago, you know that shit is clean. That's been in there. That's what's fascinating about this because you're absolutely right, Mario. There's going to be all these different reasons to buy and do things on your own um, for safety reasons um, because you don't want to travel fly. outside of the country. I'm looking at, a, right. I'm looking at planning a honeymoon. I'm like, I'm not looking at necessarily traveling outside of the country to somewhere really far because I don't know if some country is going to be fucking locked down again by the time that right. end of the year comes. You're going to Yellowstone. <laughs> Think. Well, think. Well, think about if if you're someone, if you're a high end 
wealthy gentleman who prefers to get high-end call girls, you're going to get that girl. You're going to put her in a room. Are you talking about me? I'm not naming anybody right now. You're going to put her in for two weeks. You got to hire that girl for two weeks. Well, think about it. You got to listen. This is where I'm going. You're going to have a whole room set up for her. So you can keep tabs on her for two weeks before a glass room, which is a Peloton and some water. So she can work out, she can shower, and she can drink water. And then so now like, you talked about uh, fuck pre-island and then fuck island. <laughs> so there's a whole process now. It's not just pre-fuck island. There's a week quarant- a two-week quarantine. It's not call up, shower, and waxing anymore. It's a whole two-week <laughs> protocol that has to be followed. Hell yeah. It's just very, things have gotten very complicated for everyone. How's a stripper, how is a stripper going to open up now? Well, we talked about that one place in Portland a few weeks ago. The one that started uh, having the, the strippers go and deliver food to the uh, the neighborhood. That's about it? Yeah. Uh, see right yeah. That's a <laughs> nice to meet you. That's it. It was a great idea, right? They would have a bouncer drive them. So there would he would be there in the car and they would go deliver to the door. Food. It was like a like a thirty yeah food it was like a thirty dollar or something fee on top of the price of the food but these girls would go and deliver the food. Would they do a dance? All I know this is a capitalist society. <laughs> Money talks, so it's like Miss, can I show you something? Can I show you my friend Mister Franklin for about four <laughs> minutes? I don't know. I don't know what happened. What went down? I'm just saying the transaction got you for thirty bucks. Got them to bring food to your door after that point honestly that oh i don't care your death no i want the food my faith in humanity (laughs) hey man these places gotta stay alive give a shit i mean dominoes you could have a a stripper deliver dominoes i just want the fucking pizza (laughs) it's it's all about we still have a few choices left in this country and that's one of them stripper delivery or regular delivery it's so much better than uber eats yeah right (laughs) <laughs> I only ordered Uber Eats once and I was like totally really hungover. I think we made the joke Boober Bad. Eats, they were calling it. They're actually Uber calling it Boober Eats. Well, so there's a high percentage of Uber drivers that had admitted to eating the food. Yeah. Right? If you're hungry. Right? Touching it, right? There's yeah. They're like, oh, I smell fries. I'm going to eat them. I knew a guy in college that he used to deliver pizzas and he was always like, yeah, every once in a while, I'll take a whole piece of pizza and eat it. And they don't notice. He's like, I <laughs> Who doesn't at, notice? How do you know? 12 o'clock at night, I deliver five pizzas. He's like, well, you if know, you're having like five bad, pizzas, chicken wings, who's counting the chicken wings? That's true. Yeah, but a pizza, wings, like I have one or two. And just, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm delivering I'm key like, lime pies. I'll take a slice. <laughs> People are going to notice. Yeah. <laughs> this was in Buffalo way back. And it was, you know, Dude, everyone's, One o'clock in the morning, he's delivering pizza. You dude, know? everyone's hammered in Buffalo. You just have yeah. to be to get through life up there. One o'clock in the morning, nobody's noticing three pizzas deep that, that a piece is missing. You know, and at that they, time, they're like they're forgetting everything. Yeah, actually, I I think that every delivery after after midnight, you should have a slice. It's a roll of oh, dice yeah. at that point. Yeah, you get. Really what you get. It's what almost you like you look at it and be like, I believe you ate your tip. <laughs> 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 It's like, I know you're not going to tip me, so I'm just going to take a slice. College kids aren't tipping anyway. So it looks like we're all trying to find ways to get through this this interesting, bizarre time that we live in. And one of the things the good folks at Stratton Mountain up in Vermont are doing, they're having a virtual pond skim challenge. That's so funny. 
What is a virtual pond skim challenge? You may be asking yourself. Well, here you go. The Stratton community is allowing you to partake in this virtual pond skim. Uh, and it is for those at home to get creative and help out the local Stratton community. So you put on your wackiest costume, you break out your skis or boards, and film or photo your best at-home pond skim. Hmm. Challenge your friends, spread the word, and feel your best about laughing in the sun and helping those who need an extra ray of sunshine during these times. Do we drink every time we say during these times? Yeah, yes, we do. New normal, these times, whatever. These times. All right, so the pond skim is usually one of the favorite events of the season. Gathering on sun tanner and hooting and hollering as your friends, kids, coworkers, or your favorite costumed riders drop into the sink or swim gauntlet of the ice cold pool is something we all enjoy. Together with the Stratton Foundation, this year's virtual pond skim is bringing our mountain family together through the assistance from the COVID-19 relief fund. The ask is simple. An optional donation matched by Stratton up to $5,000 will help to pay for food distribution within the community. All donations will receive a tax receipt from GoFundMe. So we have until the 16th, I believe, of May, and you have to film or photograph your virtual pond skim. It closes at the 16th at midnight, and you can hit up at Stratton Resort and hashtag Stratton Pond Skim so they can find your submissions. Open guidelines how to participate. An example of a submission may consist of gearing up in spring ski or snowboard attire, a costume, and having a bucket of water dumped on the rider. With no true guidelines, the sky is the limit and creativity is king. I like where this is going. I love it. There's a lot of ideas here. And one cool thing is there's a panel of judges who are going to rate this based on charisma and creativity. And the top three posts will be awarded prizes from Smith Optics. First prize, helmet. Second prize, goggles. Third place, sunglasses. Hmm, So there you go. Virtual pond skim, baby. Do what you got to do. Get weird. Oh, that was actually pretty... Dude, that feels like you sent that six years ago. I know. Doesn't it? What was it, like the first week in March? I was like, that was when I first met you, right, Steve? <laughs> yeah. And here, here's my real pond skimming. Uh, there it is. March oh, 4th. Oh. Oh. March submit that actually. 4th. Wow. March 4th, right? There's going to be more snow on Mountain Creek tomorrow morning than there was on March 4th. Dude, you should hike up Mountain Creek. Hike it Drive up. Out and hike up. Skin up. Dude, skin up and just fucking just go down. But like I did it. Mountain Creek is a new Tuckerman's. That's right. The Tuckerman's of New Jersey. <laughs> Tuckerman's of Jersey. <laughs> Let's see if they can oh, God. our new coronavirus Tuckerman's. Yeah. <laughs> These trying times. So that wraps up the old ski news this week. So what's next, Brian? So I, to be honest, I'm not exactly sure what's next. We have a sort of main topic, Steve, right? I think we're going to talk to sanitizer. Steve, he's got some insight. A lot of companies trying to figure out how to give back, how to be sustainable, what we can do. We're all trying to do what we can do to get through all this. 
insanity and madness. And Steve, fortunately, is with one of those companies that actually makes a real product. And I guess you He's guys around the business as the sanitizer. The sanitizer. <laughs> All right. So um, no, I, I appreciate you guys uh, bring me on to talk about this. And um, so many people are trying to trying to help. Right. Everybody wants to help. And there's certain industries that it makes sense that they're helping. And there's so many charities. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you guys are familiar with flag. Uh, I'm not sure what all the letters mean, but it's a, it's a local organization. Uh, it's nationwide and they're basically a, a support group for uh, frontline workers. So our hospitals in this area, they, none of the hospital workers have probably paid for a meal in the last two months because there's all these donations going in and it's, it's phenomenal. So our company, as, as you know, we make fine fragrances. Um, so when this whole thing happened, uh, we were sitting on 10 tons of alcohol. And um, so of course we had a lot of companies contact us and they wanted to buy our alcohol. Why do you have 10 tons just sitting around? Use that for your fragrances and stuff? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so, well, uh, we need 10 Toilet tons. Toilet paper? Yeah, we, we make fine, uh, fine fragrances, but of course nobody's buying fine fragrances. So, um, but actually we, we actually halted our fine fragrance production. Uh, because we wanted to take the ten tons and and put it towards um, put it towards a hand sanitizer. So our company is essential. We've never closed down because we make EPA registered products and we support EPA registered products. Uh, our customers has, um, any of the wipes. Oh, okay. Um, Clorox wipes, uh, other private label wipes, um, and uh, we also work with Gojo, which makes Perel. So uh, our company was deemed essential, um, and uh, so we so we kept open, and uh, so the whole thing was we we just wanted to see how we could possibly support uh, the community. So we saw there was a lot of there was breweries that were giving away hand sanitizers. There was all these different companies doing things, and they were taking ethanol uh, that they usually use for alcohol. Um, and they were distributing it, and we we were we thought that was amazing, and we we applauded them. Uh, but then we saw a need. There was a shortage, not for consumers. There's a shortage at hospitals and long-term care facilities, particularly. Mm. And when we walked into it, we realized that those two facilities they can't take a hand sanitizer from a distillery. It has to be FDA compliant. Because is that one of those laws from 1950 as well? You know what it is? We're a, we're in a litigious society. Yeah. And we just don't want read about some of and, the, the places that had to get like permits before they could do like the creating of sanitizer to distribute for free. You know what I mean? Like, this is what the terrorists wanted. <laughs> Overly litigious society. I knew, I knew Brian would really love this. <laughs> no, no lawyers getting furloughed, right? All right. Yeah. So, so here we are. I I work with brilliant, brilliant uh, chemists, and they I can say assure, podcasters, but sorry, right? They uh, can assure you podcasters too, <laughs> and, and and two podcasters. They can't you that the alcohol will kill the germs. They they will tell you a hundred percent they will kill the germs. So we went to the FDA and it, it took a, a couple months. The FDA was really good. They put it, they they 
they started opening up the restrictions and they said, okay, you, you could use your alcohol, which our alcohol was denatured alcohol. And before the restrictions, they would only allow one alcohol, IPM. That's it for hand sanitizer. So we're like, well, our alcohol will kill germs also. Like we could guarantee it. And like, so then they open that up. So and then uh, when you ask the question, like, well, why can't we use this one? Like, why why did they always pick that one? And it's well, like, it it got a little nuts. And then actually the FDA, I, I applaud them. They did do a good job and they really opened it up. And there was silly things like our water was not denatured. What difference does it make? We're only putting like 5% water in the product. Um, so then there was talk like, oh, we have to boil the water before we put it in. Meanwhile, the alcohol is going to kill everything. <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up, uh, the FDA. So you're saying uh, tap water wasn't good enough? It has to be like. It, it, tap water was not good enough. Sure. Um, wow. but, our, but our whole thing was we wanted to make a product that was. Um, you don't care about the shelf. Yeah. You just want to distribute it to be used, right? Well, we wanted to be able to give it to hospitals and long-term care yeah. facilities. And we didn't want. All the questions that we had, all of us going to the FDA, when we gave away this product, we didn't want them to have those same questions. We didn't want them to have those same headaches, them to say, can I give this to my patient like, or can I give this to the nurses? So, so we kind of did all that work ahead of time. So while we're doing all that. I put talc on them already. Like, am I around? <laughs> I put talc yeah. powder all over them. Am I allowed to touch them with this stuff now? Right. So, wait, so while we're doing this and we're kind of doing this the right way, two ounce, four ounce, six ounce bottles, gone. They they are no longer available in the USA, Canada, Latin America. They've all been bought up and there's not enough capacity. So then our next step was, and this is where I came in because I'm not a chemist. So Brian, did we buy futures on sanitizer before? Or you should have futures on bottles, sanitizers. Our, our hedge fund was a little bit late to pull the trigger there. And alcohol. Blue horseshoe always goes long on sanitizer. So, so to uh, cut it short, uh, I, I reached out to hundreds of companies and time is of the essence because there will be a gluttony of hand sanitizers a month from now. Um, but there's like toilet paper is now, right? There's shortages. <laughs> Hand sign and toilet paper all right. over. So, so literally right now there's shortages. We delivered 800 bottles to Hackensack Hospital, and they told us they had only a one week supply. Wow. That that 800,000 was for one week. They literally a nurse said, "Do you have any more?" The next day, I said, "Well, I actually have a, I have 40 bottles." She goes, I will drive down right now to pick that up. Wow. So, so this was it. Well, um, they got hit really hard though, right? Wasn't Hackensack one of the worst hit hospitals like in the US? Uh, uh, yes. So what was really awesome about this was I reached out to all these different companies and, and most of the companies I reached out to, I said, hey, listen, listen, I have 10 tons of alcohol. I can make a hand sanitizer blend. We have, it's, it's FDA compliant. And most of the companies said, you know what, just send us the alcohol. And we got this. We want to sell the product. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, we're, we're trying to put a donation product together. Together. We need a tax write-off. Right. Yeah. 
Revlon said, tell you what, uh, I have right now, this is a hairspray bottle. They're like, I have a hairspray bottle. I have nozzles. I can make a label from our production team in one week. You know, we don't have to go to a label company. We don't need artwork. You know, we don't need any of that. And uh, they were really, really awesome. And they came forward. They gave, they filled it for us. They provide the bottle, the the uh, the spray nozzle, and then we said, let's just let's just split the supply. You, you give it to who you want, and we're going to give it to who we want. And um, they're in North Carolina, where they did all the filling, and they're ahead of the curve. Uh, so they're really, but they're they're ahead of the curve, and also they were behind. So like we ran out of sanitizer here months ago. And we all kind of figured it out, right? Like I took rubbing alcohol, put it in a uh, in a Windex bottle, and I've been using that. You know, they weren't yeah. quite there yet mentally, so they were they were still in the panic of there is none. Um, where well, we already kind of figured source it versus out. So, um, so yeah, so that was it. So it was it was a great program, and uh, it was it was it was great work by by all sides. And I have to say, I think it's uh, it's just one example of what a lot of other people have done. Uh, and all the distilleries and everything it's it's uh it's it's pretty awesome stuff yeah we talked about it uh you also um distributed to like local law enforcement and stuff like that too like first responders we distributed six tons and well this is actually so we'll talk about the politicians a little bit and again brian you're gonna love this one so (laughs) our first thought was you know Governor Cuomo has been very vocal, right? And, and he really seems like he has his, um, he has a real grip on what's happening and what people need. Um, so we thought, well, we should go to the politicians and, and we're in Bergen County. So we contacted the Bergen County uh, executive, this guy. Um, well, I won't, I won't mention his name. And um, we're, we felt like we would go through him. And then the more we talked to him, the less trust we had that it was going to go to the people that really needed it. Wow. That fucker was going to take it all for himself and sell it, right? Give it to his family, friends, maybe. Listen, the police officers need it. Family that I need. Here's the thing. There's no question the police officers need it and firemen and everything like that. That's fine. But we started work on the phones ourselves. So I, I actually, this is where I got the, uh, the rest of the sales team involved. I said, I want to give this to people that need it. We called up Valley Hospital. They said, thank you so much. We actually don't need it. Perfect. Wow. Then we called up we are going to run out next week. We called up Montefiore Hospital in New York City. They're like, we're going to run out next week. We called up Mount Sinai. They said, we're fine. So we started working the phones. Because we wanted to have the 6,000 tons of this to go to the places that need it. So that aspect was was really great as well. And uh, because we really, truly got it to people that needed it. And because it was FDA compliant, no worries. Yeah, that's that's a beautiful thing. And uh, it, it, I said it last week and I'll say it again. doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on, Republican, Democrat, whatever you are. One thing that's going to happen, no matter what side you back, no matter what happens, one thing I guarantee you will happen is that these politicians will make money off of this whole situation. Both sides will. But well, yeah, to, to have well, this guy to... And again, you... you New Jersey politics are very special. So I'm sure... FDA compliant, does that mean I can eat it? Right. 
I'm sure that was... you can drink it. it. It'll sanitize your body, right? That's that's what we're supposed to do now. Well, we went with eighty percent alcohol. Suggested eighty percent alcohol. So it's, kind of like that, it's kind of that in between because usually isn't rubby alcohol like seventy and there's like a ninety-one. They're saying you need at least seventy, right? At least seventy, right? Well, you need you need above sixty. Above sixty, right. okay. And we went we went to eighty, and then we also added uh, hydrogen peroxide. <laughs> wow! In there, and this is this is the the FDA's uh, formula, but um, but it was an interesting concept. So we ended up working much harder. Like I literally drove out to multiple just uh, multiple areas. I could have taken five thousand and given it to the Bergen County executive, but there was a lack of trust there, and we're like, you know what, you know what. I'm going to, I'm going to take my own ride and I'm going to go to the individual towns myself. And, uh, and of course I have a team of, of 10 sales people and, and that's what we did. And, uh, the long-term care facilities needed it more than anybody. You know, they're, they're privately held. They don't have any clout. They don't have the government supporting them. And, and unfortunately they're the most susceptible, susceptible yes. to this, yep. right? So we gave, over, we gave over 2000 to a company called care one throughout new jersey and um and they're uh they, they arranged to have it picked up and delivered so it's good stuff and, that's uh, great and you've i mean you've heard some dark stories about senior centers too in yeah. the northeast i know there was the well, one out in, visitors now and stuff too well there's one out in jersey where they were just like stacking bodies up mm-hmm. and you know there was definitely a there's always more to the story than they report in the press because they always try to have that salacious headline uh, but I know there was that one, uh, the one senior military veterans in uh, Massachusetts, where they were just like cramming people into rooms together, even though they had symptoms of the virus, and there was just dozens of deaths. And you know, granted, those places are poorly run by probably some very unscrupulous people. But to have someone like you and your company trying to reach out to these facilities and help them out. I mean, that's, that's going above and beyond. That's a really, a really cool thing. Yeah. It's really it was cool. cool. I, was, I, was, uh, I was glad to be, I was glad to be part of it. And, and I did say to, and again, I give a lot of credit to the robot team because this task wasn't given to me. This task was given to the entire sales force. And um, there's not one company that came through like they did. Uh, most of the companies said, Send us our alcohol. We want to sell product. Yeah, wow. actually, they all did, and and we literally had one company that said, "Oh my God, this is so amazing! We're so happy to partner with you. Um, go ahead, send us sixteen hundred kilos, and uh, we'll do the label. We'll do everything." And I was like, "Oh my God, that was that was a great call!" And they and they, and they had two ounce bottles, so we were going to be able to uh, distribute a lot more. Right, we're going to yeah. be able to get it out more because this is an eight ounce bottle, right? So if we have four ounces or two ounces, we would have twice the amount of bottles, twice the amount of people we can give it to. So I was tremendously excited uh, by the bottle size that they had. And then I wrote seven emails on different follow up items. They ignored every one of them, but they called my customer service rep every single day asking when I was going to ship the 1,600 kilos. <sighs> I contacted the seat. I, I, after six emails, over a week, I 
started, I started feeling a little bit concerned. So I contacted my customer service rep and said, hold up that order until I say yes. They already arranged transportation. They already had it all set up. I said, hold up that order. I reached out to the CEO. He never called me back. I reached out to him the next day and I said, and this is a potential customer of mine, by the way. All right. So I was, it was, it was pretty delicate. This is, this is a company that we could, we could sell millions of dollars of fragrances to. And I, I very politely said, you need to let me know by 2.30 today if we're going to do this program. And finally, after eight emails, several phone calls, he wrote, I'm very sorry. We're not prepared at this point to do this program. Know what I say to that? Bullshit. He was trying to get the alcohol because he couldn't get it from anyone else. Yeah. You know what? And if he would have just came forward, if he just had the balls to come forward and say, hey, listen, do you mind if we split this and I sell my half because I need to keep my factory running and I need to keep people employed? I would have said, absolutely. I'm not going to I'm not yeah. going to obligate anyone to do a donation. But the guy didn't even have the balls. I don't know if I can say that online. The guy sure can. Gonna, and it was just right? the way it's done, right? He, he, he was just trying to get the 1,600 kilos. And then who knows what was going to happen once they had it. Mm. Wow. So that's where I, I got to tell you. You've seen a off. lot of people's true colors in this whole crisis yeah. situation. Hats, too. Off. hats off to Revlon. But they you think were, it doesn't happen in this country in this modern day, right? Like like the like a bandito going in there and like trying to steal stuff. Gross gluttony of like trying to either make a profit or, you know, survive on it, which which is understandable, right? But like the, the cash grab all of a sudden, like everybody's looking to, to it's all big you know, white collar high end crimes now. It's not the little low level ones right. anymore. Yeah. And you don't think it's going to happen in this country necessarily, right? You think everything's on the up and up and people are doing the right thing, but that's not always the case. Yeah. Give a uh, man a gun, he'll rob a bank. Give a man a bank and he'll rob the world. <laughs> that's good. But to end it on a high note, um, um, Revlon, I contacted them. I let them know that we had an extra 1,600 kilos. <laughs> they, they looked into it and they're actually sourcing more bottles. And uh, so I I sent that to them and we're going to end up uh, donating another um, another 5000 bottles uh, next week. So do you guys still have any inventory or are you pretty much everything accounted for at this point? No, that's it. We used all our alcohol um, and we're not the alcohol actually come from. Like who produces that? Well, there's there's many different suppliers of alcohol, and what's interesting is um, the there's alcohol that comes from corn, uh, so ethanol. So there's IPA, uh, isopropyl alcohol, which is what was the only alcohol the FDA approved. They lifted that. They started allowing ethanol and other grades of alcohol, which all, by the way, kills the same germs, but. Um, they actually started finding impurities in um, ethanol coming from corn. So the yeah, because of all the GMOing of the corn, there's 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 actually poisons in the alcohol that wouldn't be good for you on your hands, and that's where I also commend my team because you know we there were people out there doing this, you know, like a month ago. But it wasn't FDA compliant. Yeah, it's going for that quick cash grab. 
whatever or, is cheap and available. Or honestly, even the quick donation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And He's doing it, we have it. It's going to kill the like German. They, they can't, like, no hospital. We, we talked to the hospitals from the beginning. They're like, yeah, we, we can't take that donation because we don't know what it is. It's not traceable. We're a hospital, for Christ's sakes. Yeah. yeah. God forbid it causes a, big, a bigger problem on top of the problem, man. Yeah. Where does the isopropyl alcohol come from? Is it all in the country yeah. manufactured? Is it outside? Is it everywhere? It's in the country. It's out of the country. I'm not really sure where, where the uh, IPA comes from. Mm. But it's the cleanest alcohol. It's the most clinical alcohol. But it doesn't mean that other alcohols don't kill germs, don't kill bugs. But uh, but now the FDA is actually, um, and I don't know anyone in the FDA, but I do give them a, a lot of credit because they really did their due diligence. And they're looking at every single supplier of ethanol. And they're actually testing their ethanol to make sure that while we all want to do good, uh, there are impurities. And it, and it, what they did is they flagged a couple of uh, suppliers. So, you know, just like anything else, there are some suppliers of, of uh, corn grade ethanol that are totally pure. And there's others that are not. So, Ruby, isopropyl alcohol is primarily produced by combining water and propene in a hydration reaction or by hydrogenating acetone. <laughs> yeah. Whatever that means. Whatever that means, acetone right. Acetone is what you use for, uh, that's a nail polish remover, right? Right. And then ethanol. Ethanol is largely from like corn, right? Ethanol, yeah. yeah. Corn gas or whatever. They put that in gas now, right? Yeah. Added. E85, is that 15% ethanol, I think? Yeah, so there's ethanol, then there's ethyl alcohol. So what we used, what we had was ethyl alcohol. So the alcohol that we had was literally the alcohol that goes into fine fragrance. Fine fragrances oh, nice. are 10% fragrance oil, 90% ethyl alcohol. Oh, hmm. uh, so that's why you had a shit ton of it, because a lot of the products you make are yeah. alcohol bases, it's all alcohol, just about yep. right. So, but, 1920 Standard Oil was the first company to produce isopropyl alcohol by hydrating propene. Hydrating pro- what is propene? Is it a byproduct of oil? Let's see. Propene, also known as propylene or methyl ethylene, is a unsaturated organic compound with the chemical formula C3H6. It has one double bond and is the second simplest member of the alkene class of hydrocarbons. And is it the third ingredient of the Impossible Burger? <laughs> yes, the third ingredient. <laughs> is a colorless gas with a faint petroleum-like odor. So actually, it's what you pass after you eat an Impossible Burger. Is that a walker? You pass propane <laughs> farts. Just, so see, that's awesome. So, so you said you, there's no more you guys are giving out? No more available to for donation or for other hospitals? Um, there'll, be, uh, there'll be another 5,000 in two weeks' time. And then, um, and then our our alcohol is comp- uh, depleted, but we believe based on um, based on where everything's been allocated, and based on what I said earlier about the two ounce, four ounce, six ounce bottles, they were all bought up by companies like Gojo and and other companies that are doing this. So we believe that the people that need sanitizers will be okay a month from now, Thanks. and we were just trying to fill a need when it was needed. 
which we accomplished. That's awesome. I think that's great because, um, you know, they always, and that's all we've heard for the last few months is like leveling the curve, right? So yep. know, once we get past a, per, a certain point, you know, I, I guess the idea is that we can try to go back to our normal ways because like the hospitals will be not so flooded and everything, this whole system won't be as taxed. Uh, so hopefully if things get a little bit back to normal, then the supply and demand will, will be naturally there, right? It wouldn't be this stress situation right now where we need it. You know, there's such a, a demand for, for the product out there. So, yeah, I think it's great that you guys did that. I, and I'll also say this, like, um, there's a lot of greatness out there, right? So, uh, so Clorox makes wipes. Lysol makes wipes, right? So another project I worked on was, and, and it, and Clorox was looking into this as, as we were, and we were all trying to figure out how we could like help out the world. So one of my customers, Armor All, they make, they make wipes, right? They make the Armor All spray, but they also make wipes. So does McGuire's. So do a couple other companies. So yeah. Armor All hooked up with Clorox, and they're not making any Armor All wipes anymore. And Armor All Effective next week is going to be making Clorox wipes. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Because no one's even using their cars anymore these days, right? No. So, so no one's Armor Alling them. What's brilliant is yeah. Clorox has actually qualified six different companies that they've never worked with. And it's also like companies that might be in competition or companies in different space, right? So there's, there's like four companies that make wipes, right? And then they they can't keep up. So now they're like, well, they like look, they're like, well, what wipes are out there? Well, there's armor all wipes, there's um stainless steel wipes, right? There's there's wipes for stainless steel. So that's a company that's making that. So they they started reaching out and they and I was one of their network to trying to figure out like, well, who else makes wipes and who do we know and who can we talk to and how do we do this? And one of my customers wow. is Armor All. And they just, they have a great manufacturing facility and they're just like, the armor all is out the door and now they're not making any armor all at all. They're making all Clorox wipes. That's amazing. Because wow. I saw some stat was, isn't it, didn't it say like, uh, like Clorox wipe sales are up like 500%? <laughs> I don't know if it's 500% because we actually make the fragrance that goes into it and it's okay. probably <laughs> but I but, saw some stat that said like 500%. Yeah. yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, well, it's good to see that companies are not so baked in their ways that they can pivot like that. Right. I, yeah. Isn't it refreshing? Right. Well, it's not even that big of a pivot really, which is great. I mean, they have this manufacturing, it's yeah, like, they have the wipes. It's just what liquid do we put on the wipe? What's cool though, is that, you know, that facility, and this is, Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a shout out to government. You know, Armorall's facility is not an FDA facility. Why would it be? Right. We're making a wipe for a car, right? For Dodge Acura, FDA. Those are all cars. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, you know, there was provisions that were made to say, okay, you know your facility is okay. You know, you can make a disinfectant, you know, we're going to give you FDA approval. And so like, that's where, you know, the FDA is pivoting and they're turning 
and they're they're listening and they're they're being smart. Um, you know, look, if this happens again, we're going to be so much more prepared. Yeah. Like, but if it was almost like a test real, pandemic, essence, didn't the FDA yeah. approve that? Yeah, this is like like a test pandemic, really. You know, it again, it's probably too yeah. early to to claim it as as being we overhyped. So lucky but this wasn't like fucking Ebola or something. Dude, for sure. That crazy fucked up scenario. So honestly, as 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 people come out and they say that maybe we're jumping the gun or we're going too crazy about this, it just gets you a little sick. This could be like the precursor to something a lot worse. Absolutely. That's exactly how we should look at this. And know? it should be something we should take a look at the lessons that we learned from this whole pandemic and hopefully be able to be a little bit smarter about our our production our facilities our manufacturing how we do everything and the, the way we talked about before we started the podcast the way we're we waste so many things and now have to be have almost force ourselves to be so much more efficient and thoughtful in all of our resource usage so there's definitely positives that are coming out of this and and steve i love the point about the the politician that you get the bad vibe from because i think yeah. you know a lot of people's intentions and actions are are under the microscope now and really seeing where people's allegiances and true intentions lie which i think we needed i think we, we got call them out too like call them out where you're seeing right 100 percent. yeah I mean, we, we just um we just felt more comfortable going direct and it, it, it required more work it required you know, wearing masks and, and exposing ourselves to people we wouldn't have been exposed to. But, um, you know, we, we just know that we got, you know, we didn't have that much, you know what I mean? It's not like we had like a hundred thousand bottles. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, uh, it, it went all to the right, the right people, which was great. But with that limited amount too, you didn't have the ability to waste any of it. It all had to go to the right people, which is, you know, exactly. great. They did that due diligence and took that responsibility and made sure it got into those, the right hands yeah and even from so that we like and even so from that like human nature like people are just hoarding stuff right you don't you didn't want people to hoard it you wanted it to go out and be used yeah and, and right and, and hoarding is just it's, it's human nature it's uh protecting your, your yourself and you know we, we, we get that all right cool so is there any information you want to give out to people in case there you guys do come up with more supply or just so they can, you know, check out your company, any sort of anything you can give out that get a little traffic to your, your, uh, your company. Not really. I mean, I would <laughs> just give all a lot of, uh, just go to ski podcast.com and buy some swag. And that's really supporting yeah. Steve and supporting uh, earth. Uh, I would say that. And, and, and then otherwise, I would say, as consumers, we have a choice. And, you know, I would buy a Revlon product over a L'Oreal product, you know, any other product um, in those categories. Because, you know, we, we talk to all those companies and um, yeah, those, those those guys are solid. Revlon. You heard it here, Revlon. folks. You're one of our two female listeners and you're looking to purchase <laughs> some makeup in the future. One day you're going to be going back out into the real world. Revlon. Right. Color silk. Want to dye your hair? Use color silk. Color silk, and you know color what? Silk. Looks like Revlon stock was up ten percent today. So perhaps oh, nice. all the love and all the positivity is is coming back to them, which is nice to see. That's so. that's actually shocking. <laughs> uh, I know, right? Seriously, 
That's amazing. Yeah. Well, Steve, thank you so much for that that synopsis and you know sure. for all the work you guys are doing, you know, doing the right yeah, thing and, and keeping it positive. Cause again, it's easy to get down in the dumps and get depressed on what's going on, but people are still hustling, grinding, finding ways to get us out of this. So so thanks for all your work and oh, for yeah. all the hospitals and people who are beneficiaries beneficiaries of it are probably super, super happy and thankful too. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Under the ropes. And we just have one fun little story here. Now, I don't know. Did you guys check out the link, the Frank Caliendo impressions link? That's part of the story. I did not see the whole thing. Nope. Click on that link. His Twitter that he posted this video that he did of his impressions of NFL coaches reviewing schedules for the season. This week, the NFL released their 2020-2021 schedule. Season's kicking off Thursday, September 10th. The Texans and the Chiefs. And the only reason I even looked at this was that they were talking about the Chiefs being Super Bowl champions. And I was thinking, wow, the Super Bowl, that was the first week in February. That feels like nine years ago. Yeah. Like, I don't even, like, I barely remember the Super Bowl. Like, I feel like so much has happened in the last two months. That feels like ancient ancient history i'm like oh yeah the chiefs won the super bowl you know they actually were talking about that on tv today and they were like it was chiefs titans and i was like i don't remember either of those teams being in the super bowl last year it was the titans was it no was it just titans was it was chiefs dude again i can't even remember yeah right no the titans lost to somebody in the in the championship game didn't they uh, off to the Chiefs. That was the AFC the Championship. Oh, who's the who's the Super Bowl? Who they beat? <laughs> See, you don't even know who they lost. Who I remember Falcons? That wasn't the Falcons. No, Packers. Falcons got eliminated. Uh, 49ers. 49ers. See, that's yeah. how much life has changed since February that we couldn't Amazing, even remember. Right? Who was in the goddamn Super Bowl? You know, one of the 49ers <laughs> fans out there is like, you dumb asshole. Well, I remember seeing some sort of article. They said because the 49ers lost, it actually may have prevented the spread of the coronavirus because there would have been the parades and all the celebrations afterwards would have caused possibly a greater spread of it. It's just That's weird. Funny. And then, yeah, if you you guys watch the Frank Caliendo bit, he does an awesome job of like five or six of the coaches. His impressions are really funny. The Gruden yeah, was great. Hilarious. Yeah, I, I love the Sean McAvee one, where he's like, "I'm gonna memorize all 32 team schedules." Done. Done. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. And then Bruce Arians is having like whiskey the whole time, and he's like, "Oh, we'll fucking beat everybody." Uh. <laughs> He does great impressions. It's awesome. Yeah. Mario, we saw him. Remember in Montclair like years ago? That's what we're going to do. Yeah. And you know, it's weird. Like, so, I don't know. If you ever go to watch a stand up and, and the dude does impressions, usually you're like, ah, oh, this is going to suck or whatever. But I don't know. Most of the impression guy, like, he's he's one of the top guys. So it's kind of. He's really funny. It's and it's so funny. Like, I forgot we saw him until I watched that video he today. He's as big as he is today. Yeah, well, his big thing was the George Bush impression back then. Because we saw him like, what yeah. was it like twenty 
13 or something or and Montclair's a small venue wasn't really big that was really kind of cool uh, I think it might have been 2014 actually somewhere around there it was a while ago like a long long yeah. time ago but I, I forgot about it and then we watched me and Andrew watching the video I'm like wait wait didn't we see him yeah and she's like yeah we were with Mario that one time in Montclair yeah that was a long ass time ago pre-podcast believe that yeah I almost forgot about that you think the Super Bowl was a long time ago this was like it's yeah. like it's pretty much the Super Bowl to today is like the pyramids in Egypt to today. <laughs> He's funny as hell though. And then pre-coronavirus to when we saw Frank Caliendo is like ancient Egypt to dinosaurs. That's the kind of history we're talking about right now. Actually, pre-corona, he was on some football show, and I was like, "Oh, Frank Caliendo," and I was like, "What is he going to do? The normal, you know, the normal bullshit." Um, impressions that he does and he actually did some different stuff and i was like oh my god he's like he's working on shit you know yeah, he's been on like was he on like the fox the fox football fox, yeah. thing they usually have my like, pregame before on sunday yeah uh he used to do like a little bit now they have him on once in a while did you see uh your boy gase he did his impression <laughs> just staring the way the, the crazy eyes at the screen fucking gase. He, he does a great uh which one? Tom Cruise. Does he really? Oh, he's really good. I've never yeah. seen his Tom Cruise. Really good. I would say, did, did he do the Giants head coach? But I have no idea who he even is. Yeah, who's that guy? Joe Judge. Isn't he like he's, 30? He's too, he's too new for him to do him yet. He will do him, though, because he he's a character, that guy. Is he? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's a character. Awesome. Yeah. But no, I love the Gruden. <laughs> He's like oh, 16 and 0, man. He's always angry and just like no thinks he knows it all. Like, just delusional. Yeah. yeah delusional. delusional is like the word. <laughs> fucking awesome. It's uh, perfect for the Raiders. Oh, and then fucking oh, he did a uh, bell check, which is like <laughs> preparation is not necessary. Well, so I will have to say we have to go to a football game in Vegas. Yeah, I was looking at the schedule. Like, well, that could be so we awesome. We're already looking at the schedule, and I didn't, I didn't look at the Vegas schedule though. Listen, I'll just say this: I was out there last November, and it was a Raiders game. Every single woman in the service industry are wearing Raiders shirts, Raiders jerseys, Raiders hats, uh, wearing black. And they love it. They love it. They are so pumped. Well, we're gonna buy uh, a smart move. Well, if you are potentially oh, look at that. Boom. Forget the Raiders. Yeah. Skiers. That's where it's at. If you want a dope piece of swag. That's a winner right there. If you're it's based on the possibility of what was a Raiders logo. It's not nothing to do with the Raiders. We are unaffiliated. Mm-hmm. All I did was use Futura font. And a shape that has nothing to do with the Raiders at all. Skibumpodcast.com slash shop if you're interested in a dope piece, dope shirt like that. There are a few left. uh, That would be definitely fun to go to to check out a game. Tampa Bay. I'd actually root for Tom that time. Wow. That'd be weird, huh? Wow. We're actually eyeing the Saints and the Chiefs game. So Bucks play the Chiefs and uh, at home and they play the Saints at home. That'd be good. Nice. Raiders, a lot Raiders of are at the Jets this year, but I don't really care about the Raiders. Um, 
But yeah, Bucks Bucks Raiders should be good. Go see the Bucks over there. Bucks Raiders, yeah. Bucks tickets should be a, probably a hot ticket this season. Now with their, did they, did they officially get Gronkowski? They did, right? They did. So wow. About two days before Tom Brady signed, is Wes well, Welker going to the, the the Buccaneers too? I'm waiting for that. I'm, I'm waiting for that. <laughs> um, I gotta say, before, Terry. So the, the rumors were rock. the rumors were in the air and. One of our friends, like they, they have season tickets forever. They're like, you should just get tickets for the Bucks. They're not that much money. I'm like, all right, whatever. I'll look into it. So I looked into it, and actually, I think I might have seats reserved, but I'm never going to call him back. <laughs> Dude, you should see if you can get Gronk on the podcast. I should. He's like our target market. <laughs> so I, but I looked at like season tickets, and I was like, Ski Gronk podcast. Two days before, two days before Tom signed, I'm like, I'm on the list. And then we hear the the official Tom's going to sign. I'm like, get the fuck out of here! You're going to sign. So you could have sold those tickets for tickets double, probably. Oh, you don't know. Yeah. You know what? It's still twelve hundred bucks for a, a seat, and I'm like, I could buy two big screen TVs for that. Why would I want to go, dude? Like, that would be probably two games at MetLife Stadium for the Jets. Yeah, exactly. So I think what we're going to do is we're just going to pick tickets and just go. We might even go to. I want to go to New Orleans and see, because the Bucks always play New Orleans at home, so because they're in division. So that'd be good to go to the Big Easy and see game. Isn't it crazy to think that the stadium that the Saints play in, which was always called the Superdome, yeah, now it's called the Mercedes Benz Superdome, yeah. There were stacks of bodies there after Katrina. Isn't that fucked up? And now it's the goddamn Mercedes Benz Superdome. And it was like one of the epicenters for coronavirus. So that's where I'm like, I don't know if I want to go to New Orleans yet. Dude, New Orleans is dirty always. Just a different, yeah. there's just different kinds the big of dirty. dirty. The big easy and the big dirty. They'll go hand in hand. It's the big sloppy. They should just call it. <laughs> the big sloppy. You Tell look at the, the, the levees, the levees, the brackish water, the partying, yeah. Mardi Gras. It's just the big sloppy. That's what they should just call it. Just embrace it. It's sloppy. You gotta go once. Yeah, I still have never been. Maybe twice, but that's it. That's it. I never go. I never go. Yeah, yeah. We're thinking about going. We thought, yeah, it's not going to happen this year, probably. Not until <laughs> coronavirus is officially out of the area. Let's put it that way. Maybe Steve has a couple kilos in reserve. He can give you. You can just kind of douse yourself every couple seconds. Oh, here you could drink this, you know, <laughs> and then you know you, you drink it. See, yeah, we'll there. yeah, it totally and, cures it. A couple shots glow in there, go, like it starts you glowing, and he's just yeah. like, "Oh, yeah. he's immune to it. He's, he's good." You know these those UV lights. You just you you can eat them also. But it actually oh, is better if you keister them. You get right. the the, the the ultraviolet light suppository with, and then you drink the rubbing right. alcohol, and then you've got you go. both ends. Everything meets in the middle and disinfects your entire body. Oh, there you go, cool. inside out. That is not an FDA approved statement. We are not doctors, but allegedly, according, it just takes care of it all. Allegedly. I guess that wraps up the old podcast for the week. Did you mention there's a UFC event coming up? I think uh, today, UFC Jacksonville, Florida. Depending on when this podcast gets officially released, it may have just happened or is about to happen. Sports are back. The UFC is holding an event in Jacksonville, Florida on 
the 9th, which is Saturday, which is actually 10 p.m. It just it just became today because it's 12.02 a.m. But yes, the UFC is finally getting back into business. Sports are returning. Jacksonville holding the event. No no audience, no attendees, all pay-per-view. You know what the good part is? It's at like 10 o'clock instead of fucking 1 o'clock in the morning. That's better. That's how it always is, though. It's always no, 10 o'clock. They, have it, they always have it in Vegas, and it's like 10 o'clock Vegas time. O'clock. No, it's, no, it's 10 o'clock East Coast time always. No. Yeah. Not the main card. Yes. Not the main it fight starts. The, the pay-per-view always starts at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Well, pay-per-view starts, but the main card doesn't get on until really late. Oh, well, so yeah. It's the same thing tonight. Yeah. The it. pay-per-view starts at 10. Well, they have a few weeks ago. They had in like, I don't know, some foreign country. You want it? What you want the Australian one? Because then it starts at like one in the afternoon for us. Oh, that was great. It was yeah. Australia, and then they did like Dubai or UAE or something like that. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's you know, four in the afternoon. And I was like, I don't know what time it is, like really there, but they're cool. trying to do it on Fuck Island. Yeah, Fuck Island. Location undisclosed. <laughs> Epstein Island. But yeah, Jacksonville was the second choice. Actually, the third there choice. There was an Indian casino in California. They were trying to do it at. What's with Jacksonville? I mean, Jacksonville's getting so much press these days. Jacksonville's right? the place to be, Steve. It's 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 the new Same. it's the new Vegas. It's the new East Coast Saint Vegas. Augustine is really nice to live. Jacksonville's right near there. Saint Augustine. It's isn't that the Fountain of Youth. That is Fountain of Youth. There you go. That's the oldest city in America, I think. Imagine that bidet, Fountain of Youth, Fountain every of day, youth. You every morning. The Fountain of it. Youth, both ends. Well, I mean, how else and do you end the note. podcast besides on that note? Well, thank you so much, Steve, for joining us. And thanks for all the work you did and all the, the great organizations yeah. that you got that product out to. Thanks, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. So thank you. Thanks for joining us, for coming on. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We do appreciate it. Hope you're safe. Hope you're doing what you got to do in quarantine. We will get through this. Hashtag, we will ski again. We've been using that. Thank you for listening. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. Shrag available, skibumpodcast.com slash shop. Socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at skibumpodcast. Follow us, subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Hit us up with an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. And we will talk to you all next week. Stay high, stay fluent. See ya.